0: And we're live. I was going to suggest another shot, but he just pushed the record button. Hi, you're listening to Jezebel.
1: <laughs> and the Jester. And
0: we're so glad you guys are tuning in. Uh, we are, of course, uh, starting off with a little tequila. So if you're here with us today, I would like you to pour yourself a drink. Mm. It's It's been a day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yo...
0: It's been a fucking day. And if you've had a day,
1: it's been a day.
0: I highly suggest that you pour yourself a, a drink day. as well. Yeah, it's been a day. We've been uh just to be real with you guys, like podcasting is not just You know what I mean? It's you already really know. Not. You already know what I'm going to say. <laughs> I literally was just talking to a friend about this today. <laughs> i was saying look uh they're like wow like you're like such a cool podcaster now like you have like you look so cool on there and i'm like look if you knew the
1: work huh. the stress if
0: you knew the work that you had to put in to start a fucking podcast
1: you, you might think rethink you know. it hold on Wait, there, you remember the di- the mtv diaries you think you know you think you but know but you, you have, have no, no idea, idea.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I absolutely remember that. I am. Yeah, um, it's it's just been a day. Uh, Bumps will come along the way. And Ernest and I have experienced those bumps today. But
1: let me put myself together. Yeah,
0: you know what? You look nice. Thank you. I really like the green. I like that. I also wore green today. I Put some
1: effort in. Did you? Yeah, that's
0: really nice. I did, too. I did, too. I like to put effort into this because it's important. to Fantastic. Thank you so much. You look fantastic. Oh, my gosh, look look at us. Look, at, Look us. at us!
1: Who would have thought? <laughs> <Not> <laughs> Who would have thought?
0: Not me, absolutely not me. Uh, but here we are, um, uh, starting this podcast. So, we want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you're here, we want to let you know that you are officially invited to our close friends list. Uh, this is a place that you can chill with us, hang out with us, get the realness. It's not all rainbows and sunshine, and actually, that's part of what we're going to be talking about today: yeah. is mental health. And therapy.
1: Sometimes it's cloudy days. And the most important part is that's okay.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. It's okay not to be okay.
1: It's okay. It's okay to have cloudy days. Yeah.
0: It absolutely is. So today we are gonna um, something that I've been really passionate about about with starting the podcast was talking about mental health. I noticed we didn't really talk about it yet. Um, Feedback we got from the podcast was how excited people were to talk about mental health. Yeah um and how we don't really talk about it a lot women tend to talk about it a lot Mm -hmm. uh, more than men to be honest with you yeah oh yeah so i really wanted to bring it onto the show because of course i you guys know if anyone follows me on my personal instagram you guys already know i'd be crying on there i'd be crying on there i'd be telling you guys you cry a
1: little bit on there just a little bit bit. yeah Yeah. just
0: a tiny bit really
1: real though yeah i appreciate it do you i do
0: Because sometimes I have these thoughts where I'm like, do people think I'm being dramatic? Yeah. And I'm like, I promise you I'm not. I am literally just crying because I'm having an overwhelming day. And I feel like a lot of people go through that and they just don't talk about it. And I'm just really, I don't give a fuck if people see me cry.
1: Fuck what people think.
0: Yeah. No, I really feel like that. So we want to talk a little bit about mental health. Yeah. And just our perspectives on it and like what we see and then the stigma of therapy and all that kind of stuff. So... I real okay, so just to be real, Ernest.
1: Please, I would expect you to be nothing less.
0: Yeah, I actually kind of wanted to focus this a little bit more on the male perspective, and let me tell you why. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like it's a stigma within the male community. Also, to be real, it is also a stigma in the black community. Yeah, um, and so, and I'm half Mexican. It's a stigma in my community as well. But I really wanted to talk about it from your perspective first. If we could start with you first, I know oh, that's a lot of pressure. I know because I always start.
1: That's a lot of. All right. Well, I this is start. your podcast.
0: I understand. I am the co-host. Absolutely. But,
1: Absolutely. Um, I feel like it's a stigma across all uh, minorities. Honestly, yeah. no, it is. Yeah. Um, just because as a minority, you can't show any sign of weakness or the majority might take advantage of you. Mm-hmm. I feel like that might have a little bit to do with it. You yeah. Know? Um, just being a minority uh, hardens you mm-hmm. a little bit um, on top of being a, a a man, you know, on top of being a man, yeah, be real, which which always which which already hardens you. Right. So you can't you're not allowed. It's frowned upon. You're made to look soft if yeah. you show any emotions yeah. as a man. And so uh, especially to, like, say that you've, you know, gone and, and, uh, and look for a therapy or, or talk to somebody, you know, um, is like.
0: Right. They look at you weird.
1: It's starting to get better, it I is. feel like. Um, but it's still not where it, it needs to be. You Absolutely, know? yeah. Um, and it was so funny because we were talking about, talking about therapy on this episode and I was thinking to myself, I was. Um, so how like with some of my, uh, some of my kind of friends who I don't think maybe go to therapy, those like super quote unquote hardcore like. Right. Like alpha people,
0: alpha males. Yeah, those, those alpha like males. Alpha people? The people I'm that like, go to on. the gym and do. They yeah. say that the iron therapy. Yeah. That, that That the gym is yeah. their therapy, right? No, yeah. No, no,
1: that don't that don't count. Yeah,
0: sorry. I know, and that's mm. hard to hear from you, probably.
1: Mm. I'll tell. I'll be the first to tell you. I'm. You know, and yeah. I, that's why I appreciate you. Yeah.
0: Because it is like that.
1: No, for sure. Yeah. 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 And so, um, but yeah, I've, I. I mean, I started going to going to therapy. This was two thousand twenty? Two thousand I think it was, was two thousand twenty. Like just recently, really, yeah, two years ago. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. For sure. Which is I crazy
0: because isn't that when the pandemic really started too, mm-hmm. right?
1: Yeah. But it had it had less to do with the pandemic and more to do with my own uh for, addictions. Right. And, that we've talked about already. And, and problems, yeah. Yeah. So uh so yeah, that was when I first went to therapy. And uh, my first experience with therapy was uh, with a therapist, like a general therapist um, that a friend of mine uh, suggested to me. And I went and talked to her and I told her that I was more focused on um, wanting to get some help for my sex addiction. Mm -hmm. And so she kind of was like, that's not my expertise. Um, What you're looking for is like a CSAT, which is like a certified sex addiction therapist. And I was like, okay. They
0: have certified sex addiction, certified sex therapists. addiction therapists. Yeah, I did yeah. not know that. Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. interesting. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yep. So I mean, they have therapists for. Well, a I lot mean, of they do specific.
0: I was gonna talk about spe- like specific things, but mm-hmm. I didn't know that like sex addiction. I knew like sex therapy mm-hmm. between couples you know, to like spice up their sex life was normal. Yeah. I didn't know that they actually had sex, which makes sense. I'm not shocked. I just didn't know that. Yeah, no, yeah. it
1: does. It does make sense for yeah. sure. So, um, yeah, so I, I, I went and spoke to just a general therapist. We talked, Um, told her kind of what I want to focus on. And we found a, uh, a CSAT that uh, was in the Valley, was in Las Vegas and um, went and saw her. And this was, you know, during my last relationship and everything. And, the things that I learned in that in the several months that I was active in therapy. Um, I don't know if I talked about this on the last episode, but I kind of developed a resentment toward therapy. I think I did. Um, yeah, yeah. Because
0: yeah, yeah, I remember you, you told me personally, but you didn't tell, you didn't didn't mention it in the podcast. I didn't tell the people. I know, I know, but they don't know.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, they they don't know. Uh, so my last relationship, um, which I've already talked about, cheated. Um, started going to therapy for my sex addiction. Um, then I kind of fell out of therapy when her and I broke up because I developed this resentment toward it because I felt like there was no reprieve. Um, I was going through all of these hoops and I was jumping through all these hoops and doing all of these things, but I felt like there was no like there was no let up there was it was just constant pressure on me, and there was a lot of I was in uh, my personal therapy, I was in group therapy and we were both in couples therapy. She so wasn't
0: was, in, was she in her she own? She was per, in her own therapy per, too. Okay, so yeah, she had yeah, her own personal for
1: therapy. Sure. Okay. Um, and so I was doing a lot of work. I was checking in every day. I had to tell, I had to tell her where I was going every time I left anywhere. It was a, it was a lot of work. Yeah. And it became um, overwhelming at times. And so after that, I developed kind of this... it it made me resent her. It made me resent like the whole process of going through um, all the therapy and everything like that. So after I finally ended it with her because I'd, I'd had enough and wasn't getting any, anything back um, I stopped going to therapy altogether. Yeah. Altogether. Uh, But I still, I still worked on my, uh, on my addiction. Mm -hmm. Of Um, course. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and we talked about that before, but um, it's, I just started going back to therapy,
0: <laughs> which I'm so happy about.
1: <laughs> Thanks to you.
0: Yeah. Good. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah you d-
0: <laughs> That literally warms my heart. You yeah.
1: definitely encouraged me to, uh, to get back and start uh, talking to somebody. Although I felt like, I feel like I have a kind of a a handle a little bit better of a handle. on. And here's the
0: thing. Everybody has this idea in their mind that they have to be a crazy person or they have to be like, for sure, totally like out of their mind or Mm -hmm. something is totally wrong for them to go to therapy. And that's just not the case. That's not true. Yeah. Like you obviously want to go through therapy for that as well. Mm -hmm. But even if things are going great, you really still should be going through therapy because that way you can help. They can help you process those thoughts. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't just be processing your negative thoughts. You should be processing your positive thoughts, too, and, like, how those make you feel and, like, why you should continue to try to be positive, right? Like, so I'm glad that you're continuing. And it really does. It makes me so happy. No, you're good. It makes me so happy that (laughs) that you felt, you know encouraged by me yeah go.
1: It, you definitely inspired me to start going back yeah. to therapy for sure yeah it's good. and it's real good yeah and I actually went in and I didn't know what I was going in for necessarily yeah so which is okay yeah oh yeah I it, for sure I feel like but
0: everyone's gonna everyone has that
1: the whole time I was going in, I was like we'll figure something out yeah for sure yeah and, and, I, so.
0: and I know for a fact that therapists get that a lot Like, I've talked to my therapist about that, like where she's like, yeah, sometimes people come in and they just like don't know what to talk about. And that's their entire job. It's like, okay, let me pull something out of you. You know, like, let's figure it out together. Tell me about your work. Tell me about your Mm -hmm. life. Tell me about. And then you start to figure things out like, you know what, this does kind of stress me out. Or like, you know what, you know, I don't really like this (laughs) part of my life. So There's something like
1: nobody's perfect. Correct. Yeah. Nobody's perfect. And everybody exactly. has something to talk about, mm-hmm. something that stresses them out or something that provokes anxiety. You know, there's everybody. I don't care who it is, um, has something to talk about, something to, to, to get off their chest. Yeah. I guess. Yes, so,
0: absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree with that. I think that um, it's just for men, it's such a stigma. So. So did you stop going to therapy because mostly because you weren't getting anything back from it or because you thought, I don't need to go anymore. I'm working on it on my, like by myself. Like how, why did you, like, why did you stop really?
1: I stopped because I developed a resentment for it. Yeah. yeah I developed this, uh, I don't want to say a hatred, but uh, kind of like a, like I, I started to dislike it. Mm. And it was, um, I felt like I was going more for her than I was for me right. at that point. And um, it was kind of like me just lashing out, me fighting back, you know? Yeah. I was like, I'm not going. I'm done. I'm done like, with, I was like, I'm rebellious. done with all of it. And it was so, it was just so overwhelming. And I was like, I'm done. Like I'm exhausted. I felt physically exhausted just from jumping through all of these hoops.
0: And it can be exhausting, but also it shouldn't feel like you're the only one doing any work. Yeah, right. Like sure. if the other person's not reciprocating your efforts or whatever, then it's pointless to do it for them. And then if you're doing it for them. You're not doing it for yourself, that's another big issue. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's sure. a huge issue. That's actually yeah. something I had with my ex when, when uh, I found out, like, he was talking to another girl, and, like, I had told him, like, you need to go to therapy, because mm-hmm. like, he was in the Marines. Mm-hmm. So Anyone in the military, if you're in the military, <laughs> I'm sorry, I need you to go to therapy. It's important. It's so important, regardless if you're not, even if you're not in the Marines, if you're not in the military, you should still go to therapy, but especially people in the military, because they they... Hold a lot. There's a lot going on with them, you know? And so I told him he needed to go to therapy. And then he said, I already made an appointment. And I'm like, okay. Mm. Which I don't think he did. But I broke up with him before we could even find out. But I do feel like um, he would have been going for me anyway. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he wouldn't have been going for himself. And then at that point, I would have ended it anyway because I want someone that would want to help themselves. It's crucial that you go for yourself. Yeah.
1: It's hard, though. Oh, for sure. It, especially and this is something that uh that we talked about mm-hmm. um was should we get back into a relationship after i broke up with her the first time and tried to get back with her and got back with her it was something we talked about should we get back together right now or should we kind of do our own thing and you know kind of focus on ourselves yeah. uh and i think it would have been much better if we did our own thing hindsight being 2020 um But it's hard to distinguish whether or not you're doing something for somebody else when you're in it with them. Right. Right.
0: Because in technical, you are doing it for them and you should be doing something for them because you love them. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you care about them. You want to make you want to do the work for them. Mm -hmm. Right. But also you should be putting yourself in there. And I think we forget that part a lot when we're in a relationship like. That's why I'm like in a relationship, out of a relationship, go to therapy. It doesn't matter. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you yeah. should be doing it for you. For sure. And I mean, I know I did after my I was planning on going back to therapy anyway after before my breakup cuz I was like I need to go back. I mean we'll get into that later. <laughs> anyway, so um so you went back recently. Yeah. Right? And how, how was it like when you went first went back? I know you said you didn't really expect anything. You didn't know what to talk about. Yeah. What did you guys end up like really, if you feel comfortable sharing like what you guys even talked about, like what, what was it that she was trying to pull out of you?
1: Um, so I, when we, I went in and she had me fill out like some short, some short paperwork um, and on one of the spots, it was like, you know, what am I seeing you for? And I didn't really know what to put. And so I just put sex addiction. Mm-hmm. And uh, when she read it, she was like, OK, so uh, last time I saw you, we were talking about your sex addiction. And I was like, yeah. And then I kind of told her um, like the, sh- the short story of what happened and how I'd been working on it, you know, kind of with myself and developing a more healthy relationship with it. And she was like, OK, that's good. You know, and um, we actually ended up talking about my current relationship mm-hmm. and um, and how that looks mm-hmm. and uh, my thrill seeking thrill seeking nature you know, of being in like a long distance relationship kind mm-hmm, of thing and mm-hmm. what that looks like. And another cool thing that we talked about was um, how in the beginning of relationships, it's really uh, dopamine driven. Right. Oh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> sorry. I just had to make a quick look over to our little sign that used to say, where's the mic? And now it says, Where's, Where's the, the dopamine? dopamine? Yo, yeah, like, where you know, is it where at? Is it?
1: Speaking of dope, that, yeah, that was totally not meant to be. I but know, that I worked know. But it worked out <laughs> really well. <laughs> it worked out really
0: well for this episode. Anyways.
1: <laughs> so so uh, at the beginning yeah, of a relationship. In the beginning, probably like the first three to six months is very dopamine driven because it's very new. Mm-hmm. And so any... Any activity you get with one another, it's very exciting and fresh, you know? And it's it's that like honeymoon phase essentially is what it is. 100%. Um and I and we we her and I talked about this the very first time I saw her. Um and I remember writing it down, like I took notes and like drew a graph, or she drew a graph for me and I like had it as notes. I was like, this is fucking fascinating shit because <laughs> I never <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm, just joking. Never, I'm serious. <laughs> just,
0: I know. They're all like pulling up your Excel sheets and making fucking <laughs> graphs. She drew like a little formulas like a and graph.
1: shit. She was oh, like, it she, yo, let me, t- I wish, let me, if we could put this graph on well, this episode of If you find it, I'll put it on.
0: I'll put it on. I'll
1: put it on there. Yeah. But it's like a, it's just like a curve and it goes up and it comes down. And um, it just talks about like, you know, this is like the excitement, you know, um, of a new relationship. And then it peaks. You know, at a certain point, you know, in three to six months, and then it starts to come down. You know, and then you have to have something more than dopamine to drive your relationship and keep you guys together. Mm-hmm. Um, she drew an X like right after the peak where it starts to come down. She goes, "This is where most people leave." And I felt like I saw myself in this fucking graph, and I was like, "Yo, that's, that's when exactly I would leave." Exactly when I leave. Yeah, I was like, as soon as it stops feeling like ooh, like a rush, mm-hmm. as soon as that honeymoon phase is over. I start like questioning things, you right? Know? Everyone it's does. Like, yeah, and you're
0: not the only person that thinks it, that. It's so
1: important to understand how that works. To to have that knowledge is to be like, okay, wait, oh, this is that. This is what she was talking about. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I need I need something else to right. hold on to. Right. You know, and so uh, it was uh, it was it was very eye opening, mm-hmm. and we talked about that again, uh, even in my in my current relationship. And she goes, you know, it's I like long distance relationships because it's like exciting. Right. And that that period, even my last relationship was a long distance relationship.
0: Can I ask you a personal question?
1: Uh, yeah, but okay. I don't know if I'm going to answer. Okay.
0: OK, I'll ask you a personal question. Do you think it's a good idea to have a long distance relationship with the the addiction that you've had before? Right. Like if you had that addiction. And someone's so far away, and you're not getting that from them. Yeah. Like, do you think that's a safe it's idea? It's an exercise.
1: Good. Okay. Yeah. That's no, good to know. Yeah, I, I, I fucks with it. Okay. Yeah, okay. I like it. Okay. It's um, it's challenging like, like to me. Like discipline. Yeah. Yeah. For sure, you gotta stay. You gotta stay the course. Yeah. And so it's. I like it. I I prefer it. Yeah. Actually. No, I know you prefer it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about this.
0: We've talked about this, and good yeah. for you.
1: Oh the bunny fellow. Oh shit. Oh
0: the poor but you know what this bunny gets so much shit every this bunny fucking is the star episode. of the fucking show. I fucking love this bunny. We literally like had him her hanging off. Wait. We don't know. We don't know who what, what they are. We don't know what pronouns. What are, what are, are the
1: bunny's pronouns?
0: <laughs> we don't know what the pronouns are. Uh there we go. Now she's fine. She's fine again. Anyways, but so you find like a, like a discipline, like an exercise, yeah, that's good. Because for, sure. for me, that's literally the reason I wouldn't be able to. And I don't have a sex addiction. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, don't? I don't think. I don't think I do. <laughs> wow.
1: Have you talked to your therapist wow. about it?
0: About my about my non-existence. You
1: were about to say about your <laughs> sex addiction. <laughs>
0: I actually haven't covered that with her. I do talk about my promiscuity Mm -hmm. Um, for a lot of you guys that know that are on my like close friends. I think I've mentioned it on my like my regular list. Um, I recently went to a psychiatrist because I wasn't able to get a hold of my mood swings. They were just like all over the place. And um, when I went to my psychiatrist, I was like, look, I have ADD. I already know I'm diagnosed ADD. I already know I'm diagnosed like depressed. I have depressive episodes. I was like, so I need something for my ADD. I literally went in with that intention of getting that fixed. And then she was like, you know what, just from your, uh, just from like how you act from what you've been telling me. Cause I went through a whole thing with her. Like she asked me a bunch of questions. Are you promiscuous? Are you this, are you that? Do you do these things? Do you like spend money when you shouldn't spend money? Like, are these all these things that you do? And I'm like, yes, yes. Yes, I do yes to everything and she's like okay i'm gonna put you on this medication which is generally prescribed for people who have bipolar depression i'm not saying you have bipolar depression however it does sound like you do have some bipolar qualities so yeah so promiscuity is actually a huge part of that so uh where you just make really but i will say i practice safe sex That's good. Every time. That's good. Every fucking time.
1: Good for you. Yeah,
0: because that's actually like a huge part of uh, bipolar one. Like, they would consider me bipolar two if I were to have anything. But bipolar one is like, they don't give a fuck. They will, like, they don't care. They will just go be promiscuous and they will not practice safe sex. They don't do, you know what I mean? And they make all these horrible decisions in the moment because they need that Yo. dopamine. (laughs) Yikes. Yikes. Yeah, so that you know what a fitting fucking sign today what a fitting fucking sign okay anyways so (laughs) yeah so that's why like I mean I I haven't talked to her about it I haven't talked to my therapist about like what my psychiatrist said but in my defense I haven't seen her since I've seen my psychiatrist Mm -hmm. I have an appointment this week so yeah so I'll talk to her maybe I'll talk about it get
1: like a little survey yeah a little test a little questionnaire
0: well a lot of it has to do with my codependency right like I'm very codependent
1: oh on what do you mean codependent
0: mm, I don't like to be alone okay yeah so like if I could fill that aloneness with a body I'm good
1: let's unpack that let's,
0: un- <laughs> <laughs> let's unpack that <laughs> uh I don't know what to unpack I think uh why I don't do even, you
1: feel that way
0: I don't know what I depend on honestly I'm just like I just don't want to be alone I don't like to be by myself I mean I live the crazy thing is I live alone I have a dog. That's about the only interaction uh-huh. I have yeah. at home all day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm at home a lot after work, so it's not like I'm at, you know what I mean? And then, like, if I feel that urge to be like, I don't want to be by myself, I hate being by myself, that's immediately when I start doing the W Y D texts. Like, eggplant emoji. Like, hey, what are you...
1: Interesting. <laughs> so like, do, to last okay, night. Let me... <laughs> We still go. We still got to talk about the time you slipped up and said it was the best of your life. Oh and shit! You wait, when did that? Back. When was that? That was like last episode, I think. <laughs> you like, I, I had the best of my life. I and it like, was, I take it back. No, I take like, that oh, back because it wasn't the best of my life. But it was minute. the
0: best I'd had in a really long time. Uh-huh. Yeah. You. you know what? Good for you.
1: Good for you. <laughs> good
0: for you. <laughs> I was like, it wasn't the best I've ever had, but it was the best I've had in a long time. And I'm like, I need you to stick around, which he's going to stick around. So that's right. good. At least we right. <laughs> have something. Okay. But my codependency <laughs> issue is a problem.
1: OK, That I, need I to- want to talk about this codependency issue yeah, okay. real quick. All right. Can you think of a time in your life where you were alone and it was a traumatic experience for you?
0: No, which is so crazy because I've let her, literally never been alone. Like, I have I grew up with both parents. Mm-hmm. Okay, Now, were, was their marriage great? No, it was mm-hmm. terrible to watch a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're better now. Like, they're great now. They've been married for, like, almost 40 years. Like, yeah. they're good. But, like, during the marriage, like, during the me time that I was there and my brother was there, like, it was not good. Yeah. And then outside of that, I mean... I moved out to Arizona, lived with my brother. My brother and I were super close. Like, I think the problem is that I always have had someone. And so I've depended on always having that person mm. or having someone near me. Mm-hmm. I got married immediately after I basically moved out of my so brother's house. So you've never house. been alone. Yeah. Until so this when? is my first until time after your marriage, after my marriage. When I separated from my husband, I separated from him in like June 2020. Wow. So I've been I've been alone for 2 years. Mm. Yeah, like all by myself, financially, like everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's the first time I've ever been alone alone and yeah. I'm I was 33.
1: There it is. Dang. There it is. There it is. is.
0: We figured it out. Wow. I don't even need to go to You've therapy even anymore. You've never been alone. <laughs> yeah, I've never been alone. Damn. I've never been by myself. I was alone Okay, when I moved out of my brother's house, I was living alone for like a year and a half. So I was alone for a year and a half. I was very dependent, though, on the church because I was, that's when I really started going oh, back you're to no, church. You're, yeah.
1: You know what I mean? You're and not alone if you're in a church. No, no, no. Like yeah. I was like
0: really in it, you yeah. know, and that's when I really got into the, that's actually when my first like experience with like evangelical Christianity mm-hmm. happened was, was, was when I was by myself because yeah. what they do is they love. Like, no offense, but they, like, no. or take offense. offense. Yeah, take offense. <laughs> They love to take you when you're at your most vulnerable, oh, yeah. alone, by yourself. Mm-hmm. You have no one. They're like, you know what? We got you. Come over, to, come over here. Like, let's just chat it up. Did you know about Jesus? You know who he is. And then that's it. He'll save you. He'll save you. He'll be by your side all of it. They all depend the time. on codependent people.
1: Oh. Oh. oh.
0: They depend on codependent people to be tithing <laughs> to their churches. You know what I mean? Facts. So I was, I was sucked in. And then from there they try to get you married. So yeah. um, I got married at a really young age too. I'm Locked in. 23. I was married as I've I mentioned before already. Okay, let's just be honest. And I hate talking about it sometimes because for a lot of you that know or don't know, like my husband passed away a year ago. And so we were already separated getting a divorce but it, it, still, it was still awful. It was still a horrible thing. And so talking about how terrible my marriage is always feels very guilty to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so excuse me if I, like, get upset. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, I'm trying to talk about it. But it's so hard because I do really care about him as a person. But that doesn't mean that just because I cared about him that I was in a terrible situation or what I was in was a, a terrible situation. Just because someone's dead doesn't make them a better person when they were alive, right? So it wasn't a good—I settled I for sure settled because I just wanted to get married because I just wanted someone next to me all the time. Mm.
1: So, okay, so this is this is your codependency. Yeah. You were 23, 23 when you got married. Yeah. And even at that time. So can you tell me, like, what's the earliest time that you felt uncomfortable when somebody wasn't there? Can you remember that? No, I no, mean, not really. Not really yeah, no. like
0: I literally always had someone. Yeah. I mean, my parents were together. We always had roommates because we were we grew up very poor, mm-hmm. and so we always had roommates. So a lot of my roommates were my family members, like my aunts. I always had my aunts around. I had uh, my, I'm a Mexican, so mm-hmm. my I had like thousands of cousins, oh, lots da- of like members. so many family members, yeah. and so like I I didn't you know like ever feel alone. They were always around. But I think it was the emotional disconnect I've always had. Like, I never had an emotional connection with my dad Mm -hmm. or an emotional connection with my family, really, Mm -hmm. except for my mom. My mom and I are pretty close. But other than that, I never had like in that. Like I said, in the Mexican culture, it's a stigma. You don't get emotional. Mm -hmm. You don't talk about your fucking feelings. Yeah. Like no one talks about that shit. Right. So and I'm sure that's very similar to what you grew up in, too. Right. And especially. Especially as a male. Yeah. No one, no man talks about their feelings. I mean, even to this day, I can't find a fucking man that talks about <laughs> his feelings. Except for you oh. sometimes, you know, but like I talk to men all the time that just have a really hard time and it's tough. It's so tough. And so I have a really good friend at work too that I talk about mental health with, and he's a black male. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Do you go to therapy? And he's like, No, I don't go. And I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. Like, why don't you go? I'm just no judgment. Yeah. But why it's don't curious. you go? Yeah. And he's like, I don't know. We just never really talked about that growing up. Like, that wasn't a thing. Or if you went, there was something wrong with
1: you. That's exactly. I tried to get my mom to go to therapy Yeah. after her brother passed away. Yeah. I was like, you should go talk to somebody about this. And the first thing she says, I'm not crazy. And I'm like. I know. It's such an old school mindset. It is. That you have to be crazy to go seek therapy. And
0: like you said, it's getting better. It right? is. It's yeah, getting so sure. much better. And I think, like, us talking about it, too, like, from a female, from a male perspective, what that looks like for us and why we think it's so valid and important is gonna hopefully encourage our listeners to go to therapy, you know what I mean? Like, I that's all I want. I just want I just want our listeners to go to therapy. And it's so funny we're talking about this because we were supposed to talk about this last time we recorded, but we didn't because we ended up getting caught up in our addictions and we had to have two parts to it and we didn't have time. <laughs>
1: caught up in our addictions look at
0: us caught up in our addictions and our just conversation we were just blabbing on yeah so i really want to encourage you guys if you're listening like if you're not okay that's okay
1: and that's everybody
0: everybody's not okay (laughs) i don't care who you are and i think a lot of it too social media has a huge impact on Mm -hmm. people oh my god they're doing so much better than me and i get that so much you seem so happy all the time you know Look at your progress. Look how much, like, look what you've done. Look at your weight loss. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. Your weight loss, man, you look yeah. great. And I'm like, yeah, I feel good physically, mm-hmm. but mentally I wasn't yeah. there. You yeah. know, I wasn't in the same spot because it's a mindfuck, it you is. know? So I really hope that our listeners really get encouraged by that because we really want to make sure that we... We want, we want to talk about the risque and the crazy and the fun, right? Yeah, we'll but we also there. want to get... Well, we already got there. We already we'll, we talked to... But we'll, to, get, but we'll, we'll get, get there
1: further. We'll get into it more. We'll get into it.
0: But we do really want to be serious sometimes and talk about like, hey, like a lot of the issues or a lot of the things that we've gone through are because we lacked therapy, mm-hmm. lacked mental health, of uh, like uh, understanding of any sort, yeah. right? And now that we have a little bit of a grasp of understanding like, oh... Okay, we need to change yeah. our actions, right? Like we can't stay like this forever. We have mm-hmm. to grow, yeah. right? And we're really big about growth. Yeah. We're really big about growth on this podcast. Huge about gro- growth. We love growth.
1: Growth. <laughs> Dude,
0: and you have to what well, we say last time, you have to grow in your shit. You got to grow right? in your mess. Fertilizer, and grow plants, in your mess. Grow in the mess. Yeah. It's absolutely important. And so um, yeah, I just wanted this podcast to be our perspectives about that and just to get people to really tune into their mental health and, under, and men, especially like, yeah. I know, I know women have trouble too. Like there's women that don't go to therapy. They don't want to go to therapy because they think like your mother, right? Like she doesn't mm-hmm. want to go because she thinks that she has to be crazy to go. Right. But, um, I, men like men.
1: Wait, which one should I go to this one? I go to this one. If I'll... you're a male, yeah. if you're a man, just, just give it a shot. I do it. Just give it a shot. Just yeah. go talk to somebody. Yeah. Just see what happens. Even right. if you think that there's nothing wrong. And just you, go give it a shot.
0: And you, and you know what? You can go to therapy a couple of times with a therapist and not like them. And that's okay. Yeah. Right? And then you find another therapist. You don't give up.
1: You got to find somebody you jive with. Correct. You got to find somebody you fuck with. My and therapist, when that happens.
0: I'm going to shout her out. I'm, she might not watch this, but Amber... Fucking love you. For <laughs> real. No, you guys don't understand. I went to therapy through my separation and divorce before Josh died. His name is Josh, as everyone knows. But before he died.
1: Not everybody knows.
0: Just so everyone knows now. Okay. Josh is his name. Um, and when I was going to, she's a family and marriage counselor, right? Mm-hmm. Or therapist. And when I was going to her, that was when I was separating from Josh, getting a divorce from him, leaving the church. So she knew all of that shit before, right? I lost my job, so I lost my insurance, couldn't go back to her. In the process of me not being able to go back to her, that's when, jo- that's when I lo- well, I lost my job already, but I- then that's when Josh died. And it was literally like, I mean, the grief, I can't even explain it. It was absolutely awful for that entire year of not going to therapy, because I didn't have a way to get there. I didn't have money to get there. I was like, I just have to deal with this on my own. And then when I got a job again, I was like, okay, I need to go back. This is like a priority for me. And literally, I hadn't talked to her for an entire year. Could you imagine the first session? You after went back and you were
1: like, "Girl,
0: girl, let me pour myself a drink." Yo, <laughs> if you knew,
1: girl, just if a, you,
0: no, just, I really am. I really am.
1: Real quick, cr- you know, I want to shout out. Item. Can I shout out my? I want to shout out my CSAT. Yeah, go, uh, Tanisha. I don't. She's Tanisha. C- certainly Tanisha. She was black. She was a sweetheart, but she taught me so much. Just she taught me so much. And the very first like thing that I remember that she taught me. Do you know? You know what it is? No. Bad isn't a feeling. Oh. Look.
0: What a great. oh
1: and What that a shit great piece of stuck advice. Stuck with me. It did. And it will stick with me forever. Me I've taught so many people that yeah. I try and teach people that all the time. Yeah. Anybody that wants to listen, I'll tell them. Yeah. Anytime anybody says they feel bad, it's like bad isn't a feeling. Absolutely. Uh, bad isn't a feeling. Anytime you say you feel bad, you really feel something deeper, but you just say you're feeling bad just to, just right. to move it's like on the with ol-
0: it. Yeah, just like the only it's thing you can all. think of. Yeah, it's a cover all. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: anytime you say you feel bad, if you're listening to this, man, woman, child, I don't care. If you say you feel bad, you need to figure out what you actually feel.
0: No children should be listening to this. Just an FYI. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's you're fine. Right. I understand what you're saying. Yeah.
1: I'm just saying everybody.
0: If you're a parent and you can teach this to your children. Yeah. Yeah. Bad is not a bad feeling. Bad is not a feeling. Uh, oh, my
1: God. If a parent taught that to their child. Do you
0: know how much different their life would probably look to understand like, and unpack their actual oh feelings? Oh, my God. Most of the time I've noticed that when I say I feel bad, it's guilty. Yeah.
1: That's my major a lot feeling. times. That's for, my major m- for men though it can be sadness. Yeah. It's really anything that you can't directly identify and for men it's very hard to identify all emotions except for anger. Yeah. And anger is the only emotion that we're allowed to to show, really. Mm-hmm. And so um, anytime we that alpha. Yeah, anytime we're allowed anytime we're, we we feel sad or guilt or shame, we don't know how to process it, so it just comes out as anger right and so this is something that i learned that's good and it's uh you need to take a step back and i'll i gotta i'm oh i'm gonna post it tanisha gave me this emotions wheel
0: oh yeah have i sent it to you no but i've seen i don't know if it's the same one but i've seen i'm sure it's
1: very similar Mm -hmm. but uh she goes anytime you're feeling something and you can't because i can't tell you how many times i was in therapy and she was like how did you feel and i was like ah I don't know how I felt. I felt something, but I don't know what it was. Because people aren't in tune
0: with their feelings.
1: A lot of men aren't emotionally intelligent. Yeah. We're very emotionally ignorant. And that's okay. Do you think that's
0: societal or do you think that's genetics? Oh, Both. Both? I'm sure it's both. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm always interested because I feel like it's very... To me, it feels very societally driven because mm-hmm. men for the entire, you know, beginning portion that I remember, like even in like Old Testament, like even in Bible days, like mm-hmm. you don't show, that wasn't something, they yeah. were the man, they were the, the, the caretaker, mm-hmm. the financial, you know, everything. And the women's just like the little vessels.
1: I love you know? like going back to primal times, primal, right? and taking right? things back to primal times. Yeah. I would love to know whether or not our primal male cells showed emotion. Right? right. I doubt it. I feel like anything that you say is like societal um, can be tracked back to, to primal. our primal selves. Mm-hmm. You know, I agree where, with that. Yeah. Where women were the more emotional caretakers. And we were the caretakers. Yeah. We were
0: the mothers, right? We took yeah. care of the children. Mm-hmm. You guys were out hunting and
1: gathering. Do we need emotions for hunting and gathering? No, because in fact, so. you
0: don't want emotions think, because yeah. you'd be like, oh my gosh, I don't yeah. want to kill
1: this poor deer. Yeah. And so honestly, <laughs> like, going to therapy and becoming emotionally intelligent is, is, is fighting our most but basic But do you think selves. it was
0: still emotional though? Because you're thinking, I need to kill this deer because I love my family. That's still emotional, right? You, to, an, to a sense, in a sense, I guess.
1: Do you, do you think they, they felt sadness for Not the for animal? Not for the animal.
0: No, but they felt like they felt like that love, right? And that compassion for their family because they knew if they didn't kill that animal to eat it, that mm. their family wouldn't eat.
1: Mm. Right? Interesting. Yeah. I like, don't know.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know either. <laughs> I really don't know. Me. Yeah, well, let's, let's just, <laughs> let me go grab them real quick. Did cavemen right feel love? I don't know. Ooh. Dude, I don't Ooh. know. That's a good question. Like, I don't know. I don't know if they did. Wait,
1: were cavemen monogamous? Oh, shit. We should look that up. Yeah, we got to look that I up. I actually
0: don't think they probably were. I don't know. They were, they all, they, don't quote me. I don't know anything don't about call this. Me I'm on thinking, this I'm I said just shit. thinking about, I'm literally, this is just me coming off the top of my head. But if you're living like, if as a caveman and you have like a community, what, what rules were there? That you couldn't be with other people, in that in that community.
1: It's genuinely the best way to extend your species existence. Correct. Is to so if so you kept mate- mating, mating, yeah, right? For sure. Right. So
0: yeah. I, I honestly don't know. Yeah. But that's a good question. Yeah.
1: So going back, uh, uh, men are usually not very emotionally intelligent, and we can only express our emotions via anger. Whether you you should be feeling sadness or you know um, guilt or what have you, it usually comes out as anger. Yeah. And so uh, Tanisha sent me this emotions wheel and anytime I was feeling something I didn't know what it was, I would look at it. I would pull it out. I still have it. It's in my phone. You, just, you
0: need to post it for sure. I still we'll I'll post, post it on our post on it. all I'll of our it. social media platforms. I'll post
1: it. But I um I looked at it and I just go around and be like, that's what I'm feeling. You yeah. Know? And it was it was it was so so powerful to to be able to identify what you were feeling at that moment like that's what that was and being able to process it because once you give it a name and you can recognize it like oh that's what that is and you're like why am I feeling that way and you process through it and you kind of like get over it in a sense And you're like okay instead of just packing it away like oh I feel something but I'm not I'm just going to ignore it you know especially those Every day is a good day. I have no bad days. Kind of people. You it, know? I call
0: that um, to- so. That's there's a word. There's a phrase for that. It's toxic positivity.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. Sure. I used to be that way. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I we're used to just used to never have negative yeah. emotions. Yeah. And like
0: I'm about being positive, right? Yeah. Like I do. I believe in affirmations. Mm-hmm. I believe that getting in front of the mirror. I literally have such a. I have body dysmorphia like crazy. I'm, I know, and I know I'm not the only one. Yeah we know where, you know, even at my physique and your physique, totally different physiques, doesn't matter, you have body dysmorphia, right? Um, And that's why I get mad too sometimes when like bigger women like make fun of smaller women like for having body dysmorphia, because I'm like, they fucking have it too. (laughs) Like, you know, it's not, it's the same thing. Like, we all experience things so differently, right? But like, I, I believe in like getting in front of the mirror, looking at myself, I know I've been through a lot, right? 175 pounds of weight loss Probably more I don't even I haven't weighed myself in a minute And like I know that like My body's gonna look different But I look in front of the mirror And I'm like I'm fucking beautiful I fucking look good Fuck yeah, you I are. look so good yeah. I look hot I'm beautiful Just the way I am Even if I don't get The skin removal I'm still sexy Like and I have to like Convince myself Because it's so important to I, I heard And I'll, I'll I think this is a really good analogy And this is why I'm mentioning it Like I've heard like your mental the way that you think about things is kinda like a farmer who's plowing dirt when they're about to like, you know, grow some things, right? So when they're when they're plowing the same dirt over and over, it's easy, right? It's easy to plow the same dirt over and over and over. Uh, you're just making the same grooves, you're doing the same thing over and over. And then but when you get a new piece of land, when you're exploring something new and you try to plow, it's gonna be hard. Yeah. Right? So th- I went from losing, I went 175 pounds lost. I'm in a different mindset now, right? So I'm plowing this new piece of land and it's fucking hard, right? I'm like, this is so hard. And it's so important to know that that's normal. Mm -hmm. It's normal to feel ugly. It's normal to feel disgusting. It's normal. It's normal
1: to struggle. Yeah,
0: it is. And um, I think that it's, it's something that like everybody needs to know, like get in front of the mirror, get in front of the mirror, look at yourself in the mirror, naked. (laughs) And just be like, I look good, you know, because affirmations are really important when you're dealing with body dysmorphia. Like you just have to affirm. So I'm not for toxic positivity per se, but I am for affirmations because you are still trying to get a new mindset.
1: Plow those those grooves. Yeah,
0: you got to plow a new set, a mindset and it's going to be really hard, but you just do it. Yeah but you can still feel ugly while you're doing it. Yeah. I feel gross when I say I look sexy sometimes. I'm like, oh I know, I just feel disgusting, but I am hot, you know, and I just <laughs> do it anyway, you know? Because it's just Same. trying to convince yourself, you know, that you look good, you know? And then you eventually think, okay, why am, I, why am I so hard on myself, you know? Like, why am I so hard on myself? I need to be kinder to myself, to my body, be understanding, Okay, I do look good. This is and what is good, right? Good is very, very much a it's very objective. One thousand. Yeah. It's so objective. Yep. And I think that we use societal standards as the point of this is what we should look like. And then we don't realize that that's not how it works. You know, that's not how it is. Mm-hmm. So I'm not a I'm not about positive I mean toxic positivity. Okay, but I do think affirmations are very important, but you were yeah. talking about like people that are continue. Yeah, people. they just continue to be.
1: I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it real with you. I don't remember what the fuck I was about to say, but I would like to see those people. <laughs> keep it real. I, yes, this is what I was gonna say. <laughs> I would like to see those people like go and talk to somebody. Yeah, you know, yeah, because I feel like those kinds of people are the ones who need to talk to somebody the most. Yeah, and a lot of people. Um, I don't know. I'm not gonna say a lot of people, but maybe some people. I'm gonna say definitely some people hide, you know, they hide things in that, you know? Yeah. I know uh, I did yeah. for sure, because I used to be that, oh, every day is a good day, you know, nothing but positivity and uh, it's positive just, vibes
0: only. Yeah.
1: I mean, I'm all for good vibes. I want positive vibes. vibes. Yeah, I'm all for good vibes. I want Don't get me wrong.
0: Right. But But was today a positive vibe for you?
1: Nah, today was a rough day. It was
0: rough. It was a rough day. Is it positive right now? It's good now. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's okay to have a bad day and then to have good parts of the bad day, Yeah. right? Yep. And you go home and you process your bad day and then you're fine. You know what I mean? You're good. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, and I was like, all I care about when people are having bad days, like, I don't know if you noticed, but I was like, what do you need? Like, what do you... What can I do to make you feel better? Yeah. You're hungry? Let's go get food. Uh-huh. Let's get you balanced. Let's get you back to something. Because, like, sometimes it's just something easy. Yeah. You know? Like, it just um, sets you off. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. what What can you do to, like, make it better? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Do something that makes you a little bit happier. Maybe not and, not. and I'm not saying that, like, go spend money or go do something toxic to what you know you shouldn't be doing. But, like, you know, do something that's going to make you feel a little bit better. Right. So I am I, all about that. I'm all about getting, you know, getting people back to where they feel at least somewhat normal. Yeah. Somewhat normal because I just, I hate, I hate when people feel bad or feel Uh-oh. sad. I know. See, uh. I correct myself <laughs> all the time.
1: I've You've done it before on, Multiple the, on times. the podcast even. Yeah. I've heard you say I feel, and then you.
0: And I have to correct I'm myself. Like, I'm like. I know, I know. And, and just to talk about a little bit more about toxic positivity, and then we do have to close. But um, something in the I know it's, it's already almost 830. We got to wrap it up. Get
1: on up out of here.
0: Um, but something that like that I, you know, grew up in evangelical Christianity, you know, as a lot of you guys know. And it was always. You could never be negative. Mm. You could never be negative because it was like, well, God's got this. Mm-hmm. God's got you. God will never leave your side. God will and and here's the thing, if you you can still believe that God is by your side and still have a fucking horrible day. Yeah. So whatever your religious standpoint is, like whatever you think, like you can still feel like, okay, like even if I were and I don't know where I'm at, just to be completely honest, but like I do have a hard time letting go of the idea of God. Like I I, I do still wanna believe that, right? And even if like my, I had a friend and she's so sweet, she she knew I was having a really hard time and she's like, "Just I want you to know that God's always there," and and I and, and okay, that doesn't mean even if He's always there, even if He's always there, it doesn't matter. I can still feel shitty, I can still feel like a bag of shit, right? It, it's a it's a way to make people say like, "Don't care, don't worry about your feelings. God's there to take care of everything that you're going through," and it's not necessarily true in the sense that. God's not helping you really process your feelings. Like you really need to process those yourself, right? And then like, even if he's there with you to comfort you, that's different. Like if you feel a spiritual thing, you know, to like comfort you through that, I'm all for it. But don't sit here and tell me like, God is like there all the time. Everything he does, it's just, everything's gonna be peachy keen, rainbows and sunshine. The event, that's what evangelical Christianity really is dirty, gritty Christianity, that what I really got saved with was like, life fucking sucks, but God is there, so that's cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like, And I appreciated that more than like everything is rainbows and sunshine. Therapy is not a thing in the church. And if you go to church, I just need to tell you as a church goer, Christian counseling is not enough. I'm just gonna be real. I'm just gonna be real, it's not enough. (laughs) Because all they're doing is using the Bible to literally counsel you through your problems. And I'm not saying there aren't scriptures and things like that, that make you feel, you know, better about what your situation is, or even Bible stories that will make you feel a little bit better about your situation. But that doesn't mean that you can't have totally shitty days. I always go back to the book of Job. If you don't know the Bible, the book of Job, Job literally went through the shittiest time of his life people were dying all around him family was dying he was getting blisters all over his body i mean he was literally going through shit and he still depended on the love of god I, if anything i appreciate job more than anything cuz he was like fuck my life right now <laughs> fuck my life if job had if the whole book of job could be put into one one sentence it would be fuck my life cuz it was literally the worst and that's the point of that story is like you're gonna go through shitty time. Christian counseling is not enough. You need to go to a licensed therapist that's gonna help you process your actual thoughts, your actual emotions. Go to a psychiatrist. You may need meds. I am pro meds. I am not saying everyone should be on meds, it's not for everybody, but it's okay to be on meds. It's okay. You know what I mean? I, I think that you just have to find the right psychiatrist. And to and I'm not a medical doctor, so let's this just is not let's just disclaim advice. that. Yeah, this is, this not, is medical not medical, device, medical advice. Advi- none device, of this advice. Advice. Yeah, none of this is medical advice. In my personal experience, though, I know meds have helped me. You know, in my friends' experiences, I know meds have helped them, and I know that in other friends and people's experiences, meds have not been great. Yeah. And so you have to really listen and be in tune with your body, with mm-hmm. your emotions, with your mind be real with yourself like I had to be real about ADD Mm -hmm. right the meds I was on addictive
1: yeah 100% addictive yeah
0: I don't want to be on that med anymore
1: wouldn't you say all medications like that are you get dependent on it yeah Yeah. you get dependent on it it's just natural
0: but some of the things do I feel like are necessary to help you at least balance your life a little bit whereas like there's some that's straight up like like Adderall for me, for Mm -hmm. me, if you're on Adderall, good, like, and it works for you, good for you. For me, it was like consistently, like I was always hyped up and I was like, it was too, it was too much, you know? And I was always feeling like I was on speed, you know?
1: No, you were. Well, I mean,
0: (laughs) I was on legal speed. So, you know, just finding a balance and understanding that meds are okay but be real with yourself and be real with your body. And like, are you using it as a crutch or are you using it as a tool?
1: Ooh, right? use it as a tool. Yeah, as sure. a tool. Like
0: I'm using my meds now as a tool mm-hmm. to help me get better because I need to get better. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm in a place where I need to get better. right? Yeah. But also like if you're using Adderall or any other ADD medication just to get through your study session and that's it. And like you're using it just to stay up later is that a good idea? Like
1: consistently,
0: is it a good idea? So and and it might be good idea. it might be a good idea for some other aspects of that medication, like it's helping you in other ways. But really look at it. Yeah. You know what I mean. Be yeah. real with yourself for and sure. understand. But anyways yeah. we really do need to wrap up we do yeah. yeah we need to wrap up but this is such a great topic we're gonna have
1: to talk about this again we do i think i our got next, i got stuff I think to say part, about medication i think too. there's a
0: part two yeah. maybe we'll talk about meds next time we can yeah and, and i would love to hear your perspective on meds because, I, would love,
1: I would love to share it. yeah absolutely yeah. but
0: anyways thank you guys for tuning in we're gonna close out uh we want to we really appreciate you guys that have been listening we know that we have some pretty avid listeners And we just really want to thank you guys for supporting our podcast, for supporting a dream that I've had, a dream that Ernest has had. I think that this is such a cool experience. If you like what you're seeing, we want you guys to hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Follow us on all the socials. We have an Instagram. We have a Twitter. Instagram at Jezebel and the Jester. Twitter is Jezebel and And the Jest. And the Jest. Yeah. Because we got to shorten it up. 15 characters. Make sure you guys follow us on YouTube, Jezebel and the Jester. Subscribe if you haven't already.
1: Like um, the video. Like
0: the video. Interact.
1: And hit that bell notification. Yeah,
0: so that we know that, so that you guys know when we're gonna come out and with a new. And drop a
1: comment. Let us know what you think.
0: Yeah, Any,
1: we like to uh, we
0: like to respond to comments, stuff. Comments,
1: criticisms, anything. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's personal experiences. Like we want to hear it all. We want to know yeah. what your guys' perspectives are as well, because our perspectives are our perspectives, and we like to hear our listeners' perspectives sure. as well. So. We really appreciate you guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and you guys have a great night. Bye. Bye.